world is going through an expansion of consciousness, a changing of the ages, and many of us are on an awakening journey. I want to explore what all of this means and share people's personal stories so we can relate, enjoy the mystical experiences, and perhaps connect some more dots. Everyone's journey is completely unique. I'm your host, Wendy, and this is Light Always Wins. So this is my first episode with a person I met through Instagram, and this is our first conversation aside from a few messages. Uh, And I I had made a video asking if anybody wanted to share their story to get in touch with me, and Beverly got in touch with me. So that's super cool. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation we had. Um, Something that Beverly talks about that I totally love is how every situation, every challenging situation can be an opportunity to learn. She sees the lessons in these uh, situations very often. And we also talk about how you need to meet the universe halfway, how our beliefs create our reality, and also how stepping out of our comfort zone and challenging ourselves also offers lessons and growth. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Here we go. All right. Hi, Beverly. Thanks for being here today. Uh, Hi, Wendy. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) So I wanted to ask you, how did your awakening journey start? So I would say it was probably back around 2011, 2012. It was sort of like there's almost like different versions of myself that I can actually pinpoint. Mm -hmm. So I feel as though, you know, the version of me that like existed before 2011 was really, really negative and you know, had sort of like a hard time coping and was sort of wondering, you know, why I do the same thing every day? Because like I had a job that I really didn't like. I worked in banking and I did that for about six years. And it got to the point literally where I would wake up every day and be like, oh man, it's another day. Like I have to go to work. And very much like I've seen memes about it where it's like, you know, you get up, work a job to pay for a car that you can't afford. And it just creates like this cycle where you're just like stuck in it. Mm -hmm. And then I was in a long-term relationship with basically my high school sweetheart. And, you know, it got to the point where it just was more like settling than an actual relationship, except I didn't notice it at the time. So with that, it was like, you know, we ended up getting married and just, you know, we were very, very similar in that basically I could sum it up to the attitude was life sucks and then you die. Oh man. Yeah. So essentially what happened was I started getting like sick and it was like little things that were adding up to like bigger issues. So like I had digestive issues. I ended up being diagnosed with a thyroid issue. Um, It got to the point where I started having like skin infections. And then at the time, uh, I want to say May of 2011, I ended up adopting a dog. So I have a pug. His name is Charlie. And he, I want to say on the eve of his first birthday. So this was right going into 2012. He became sick himself. It was like, suddenly like his body systems were failing. Like he wasn't bathrooming. And I was like, oh my goodness. So we rushed over to the doggy ER And they were like, oh yeah, like your dog has food allergies. It's fine. Just, you know, start an elimination diet because testing is really expensive and just do that. And I remember I was like crying and I was like, oh my goodness, like this dog is not well, like, what do I do? 
And I just put it out there. I was just like, you know, I'm not really big on like prayer and whatnot, but I was raised Catholic. So I was just like, Lord, like you're killing my dog. What do I do? And then all of a sudden I started seeing like ducks everywhere. So like, this is where I started becoming aware of like how the universe talks to you. Mm. So with that, it was like, you know, I went to a store and someone was holding a rubber duck and then I was in traffic and there was a rubber duck bumper sticker. So the long and the short of it, I went to the pet store. Luckily it was the type of shop that would like allow you to buy the food and then go back and return it if it wasn't working out. So that was really helpful, but come to find out he needed to be on duck protein. So that's his actual. Oh my gosh. Food. Yeah. So he's like a very exotic, fancy dog. <laughs> so, you know, he's grain free and he eats the duck and I'm like, okay. And then I started noticing, because again, here comes the awareness going up. I noticed that like I had rashes on my hands mm -hmm. and I noticed my rashes kind of looked like his. So I was like, oh, you know, what if I eat in a similar manner? I mean, I wasn't going to go and eat dog food. Yeah. So I just, you know, I was like, okay, he's grain free. Like, what does that mean? So I'm like, okay, bread, rice, pasta. So I removed that from my diet and slowly, but surely I actually started to get better. And I'm like, Hmm, this is interesting. And then I ended up, you know, starting getting into like self-help books. And I found um, Gabrielle Bernstein. So she was like a big catalyst in my awakening very much, you know, her books were about like meditating and slowing down and being able to like talk to the universe and how, like, like I said, with the ducks, it's like, you know, if you notice things that keep showing up, like all the time, it's almost like, why am I seeing this? What does it mean? Mm -hmm. so, like example with my dog, it was like the ducks was like his protein. That's what he needed. And it was like, like go figure it's being shown to me and that's pretty even awesome for like a first synchronicity to notice for some for it to be a message that's that strong you know yeah that's cool yeah so for him like he ended up like improving I mean he's 10 years old now wow so through all that time so and I feel like he was like sent to me to be like all right like he's grain free so are you Aww. <laughs> like, so it's almost like he's like my little lifesaver because he's taught like so many lessons. It's like ridiculous, like how to take care of myself so I can take care of him. Because yeah. I had sort of like a tough upbringing. Like my parents were like very strict, like they were present, but not present, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It was sort of like there wasn't like a lot of like nurturing and like emotion, mm -hmm. like ending going on. So with that, it was like, I sort of like, you know, when I talk to other people, it's like, oh, a lot of us are taught to put other people first. So that was like a really big thing for me to be like, oh, like I need to take care of myself. And then, you know, example, I'll stop like freaking out on the dog and being like, well, you just go to the bathroom because I have to go to the bathroom, like stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, take care of yourself. Once you're good, like take care of others. It's almost like that, the airplane example, where it's like, put your mask on first and then help everyone around you. Cause if you're running out of oxygen, you know, you're not that effective. Exactly. Yeah. Not the best example, but I feel like it's one that people use a lot. Yeah, totally. And it, it's like the better resourced we are ourselves, the better we can be there for others, you know? Yeah. So he taught me that. So it was like, you know, a lot was coming up at that point. And then, you know, I was in the long-term relationship and I sort of realized through the long and the short of it was like, we're almost like two ships passing in the sea. Like we're not really together. It's just like, we're kind of on the same trajectory. So it was really, really difficult because we were together like 13 years. And then suddenly I was like single again. 
So I started like at that point, like challenging myself to like get out of the box because I didn't realize it, but I was so like living fearfully. It was like, okay, if I just live in the same town and I do the same things and I just have my job and just whatever and everything, that was what was creating the everyday is the same. So it yeah. was like, well, let's try different things. So I literally like sat down and made a list of like different things that I wanted to try. So like an example was like eating out by myself. Like I had never done that. It was just uh -huh. like, like people don't do that. It means, you know, you're a loser. <laughs> so I tried that. And I remember I went and I was put at the table and I had brought like a journal and a book and I was like, okay, I'm just going to look busy. And there was a couple of guys sitting at the bar and they were like having a debate and they turned around and like started asking me questions. And I'm like, oh, like, I'm not alone. Like, you want to talk to me? Like, ha. Ah. And I was like answering the questions and I was like, okay, I survived. Yeah. And then this one, um, I went to a movie by myself. I was like, oh my God, this is like unheard of. But I sort of cheated. I went to like the matinee, you know, where nobody goes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, 10 years ago. So it was like more people were going to the movies. That's so interesting. So you, did you feel self-conscious about being seen alone? I think so. Yeah. I was probably, or probably just being seen in general. Cause I'm very like shy and like, you know, don't like speak up much. Uh-huh. I feel like it's almost like the thing with the throat chakra, you know, it's like having difficulty yeah. speaking up or speaking your truth. It's like just at all, because again, like it was basically my upbringing because I was born in England. So Oh, you wow. Know, the European style of being raised, which is, you know, kids are seen and not heard. So it was always like, no one wants to hear what you say. Like, you're just a dumb kid. Yeah. It was like, whew. So it kind of like carried on. And then, you know, couple that with like the fearful living. And it was just really difficult. Yeah. So then, you know, after I started doing the little things like the movies and the restaurant, um, I had always traveled with my parents. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, travel somehow, whatever, if something comes up. And I joined that website. I don't know if you know meetup.com. I don't. Okay. So it's basically like groups of people like gathering. I guess the person who created it um, came up with the idea after 9 11. Okay. It was like, oh, you know, 9 11, everybody came together and, you know, they were working together and looking after each other. And he's like, why do you need a disaster to do that? Why can't you just, you know, get together based off of what you're interested in? Good so point. I, actually, I got into it out off of my pug because my sister somehow found like a pug group and she's like, oh, you should go. Like you have a pug. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I, you know, very shy, not able to speak up. I had trouble meeting people. So I was like, okay, if I go with the dog, like I can be like, this is my dog. Like, let's talk about the dog. So that's how, you know, I started getting out through that. Anyway, they, I thought it was just like a, some kind of animal thing. Like you just get together on this meetup with like, pets but then it turned out it had so much other like stuff I mean I guess you'll have to look into it later but there's like book clubs there's you know yoga groups like whatever you're interested in knitting groups cool. so I actually found one that was for travel it was like individuals that just want to go with a group and travel cool. so I think it was in 2012 we ended up it was a bus trip to Niagara Falls and I was like oh I really want to go and I'm like you know if I could find a roommate then it would make the you know, the cost lower because yeah. it was like, you, know, you pay through this and whatever. And if you have a roommate. So I was in another like women's group meetup. And I just happened to notice one of the girls from that was in the Niagara Falls meetup. And I was just like, oh, like she's going. So I saw her at one of the, you know, girls group things. And I was like, oh, I saw your name on the Niagara Falls. She's like, yeah, but me and my husband like signed up to go. And now he doesn't want to go. Like, I don't know ah. what to do with the money. And I was like, well, I'll give you the cash for his 
you know, ticket and I'll just be him and we'll go. She's like, yeah, let's go. So it literally was like, okay, it's all set. Now I know someone be. and I'm traveling without my parents. So yeah, it was really good. It was a weekend, like in Niagara Falls. Nice. So yeah. So, long time ago. It's pretty. Really yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it literally was like all these magical things were happening. Like the more, yeah. the more I like stepped out of the comfort zone, the more it was like, but I feel like the underlying theme was like, I was like, oh man, like, I don't really have anyone to share this with. Like, I'm just single. Like, huh? and it was always like bothering me back then. Yeah. So I guess I hadn't exactly done the work to sort of like raise my vibration in order to use the laws of attraction. So I ended up kind of like attracting very similar to my ex-husband, which I think I had messaged you about. This was actually the twin flame relationship, which. Can you tell me what a twin flame is? Cause I'm not totally, I've heard, I hear the term all the time, but I don't really know what that means. I feel like there's different interpretations. So okay. some people say it's a really good relationship. It's almost like your perfect match. Others say, you know, it's a really difficult relationship. This is where you're going to get a lot of lessons. So it really depends. I mean, yeah. the reading that I did into it, it's like twin flames will always chase each other. So say if like one is interested, the other one runs. But if this one stops running and says, I'm interested, then this, the first one is going to run. Ah. Like you never quite get together because it always looks like this. Huh. So it was very much like that with us. So I met him in 2013 now is where we are. And um, I actually skipped over the career piece. We'll have to go back to that. <laughs> so <laughs> I met him in 2013 and like, I was like, oh my God, he's like so handsome and whatever. And somehow like, I don't know, the alignment, like we started talking and whatever, and it took like a while to get together, but we ended up getting together. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is the first time I had a crush on someone and we ended up together. Like, this is wild. Uh, so I'll put a pin in that and go back to the career piece. Okay. I started talking about like banking and whatnot and being miserable. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things while I was doing, you know, in, in addition to getting out of the box was I was sort of like looking at schools and like, what do I want to do? Because my undergraduate is in business. So I was like, okay, like, what do I want to do? And I, it was the ending of the banking bit because I was actually in banking during the economic crash. And I was like, well, you know, I just kind of want like a desk and computer job. Like, I don't really want to be bothered and I don't want to be doing sales. So I got in through retail banking, but my idea was to go back office. So during the time of the crash, say if you had you know, a back office group of six doing the jobs, they would cut it down to two people Wow. No, now we're under hardship and you'd have two people wearing six hats. Wow. <laughs> I was like, okay, the opportunity and potential for getting in there is just like not really good. So it was like, hey, you can stick with retail banking. And I'm like, I don't really like it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not one to push like sales because like in banking, it was very like, okay, you have a checking. Now you need a savings. Now you need a line of credit. Now you need a credit card and then you need a mortgage and then you need an <laughs> Like, we're gonna get you in the system as good as we can <laughs> right. Right. so I was like that's not like I'm not interested like I understand like sales kind of like drive things like say if like you're a lawyer and you need clients like or if you're a doctor you need new patients like you know you always need the new to keep it going but just mm -hmm. you know being annoying like hey you came in yesterday to cash your paycheck like and I asked you if you want the savings and you didn't want it then but maybe you want it now <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't like a thing to me. And I, I actually discovered about myself, if I like, am not into it and I don't care, like just can't do it. 
So my dad was like, oh, why don't you go back to school? Like try to get a master's degree. Like you could get another business degree. And I'm very like matchy matchy. Like I like everything to match. So I was like, oh, like a master's in business. It sounds great. So I was looking at, you know, getting into master's programs and to get for the state of Massachusetts, like they require like standardized testing and then they use the test scores to like get you into the different programs so lo and behold I didn't really prepare because I was like "Ah, I'm always flying by the seat of my pants it's cool like whatever and I went to the testing did all that I didn't score high enough to get into any of the programs so I was like wow what is this so talk about universal guidance there and I'm like, you know, what did I like about banking? And banking is very black and white, but there's also a huge gray area. And I'm like very stiff. Like we were talking about astrology. It's like, you know, for me, it's like, I'm very like black and white. Like I don't like the gray area. I don't like, you know, Mm. I like structure. I like, you know, things to be set like in there, whatever. Yeah. So with that, I was like, I liked the rules and regulations and like almost like the laws and whatever. And I was like, oh, so in my business degree, you know, which class did I like? And my favorite class probably would have been, you know, business law, because it was like, oh, you know, if Joe owns a business and little Johnny comes in and like robs the hell out of the place, is Joe allowed to set up an elaborate, you know, system that if you break in and try to take money, you'll get an electrocution. So he sets it up and Johnny comes in and tries to get in and steal overnight and he gets shocked, but he actually dies from it. So it's like, okay, who's at fault now? And I'm like, you know, it's Joe's, you know, rental space for his thing and whatever. It's like, he should be at fault, but also Johnny like chose to go in and do that. So I'm like, how can we get in and work with Johnny and be like, don't do that. Like there's a better choice. There's always another way. Yeah, like that. So it turned out, lo and behold, criminal justice actually didn't require the standardized. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. So I just didn't tell my parents. I just, you know, <laughs> went in into criminal justice. Wow. So yeah. And then I started joining, you know, like police groups and whatever. And I would go to like monthly meetings and like hang out with cops and, you know, be talking about concepts and crime reduction and whatever. And suddenly I was like lit up. I was like, yo, this is it. Like, I love this. So, yeah. So I ended up getting, um, the master's degree and then I started taking like different like certificate programs because I'm like well my undergrad is not in justice like let me try different certificates and I kind of like didn't know where I was going to end up or what I was going to do so then I started doing internships like I did several internships because I was just like what do I do and if I applied to places they're like you know your resume is really impressive but you have no experience so <laughs> so that made it challenging yeah So with that, you know, I started taking like certificate programs. So I have a certificate in terrorism. I have a certificate in crime and criminology. And the last one that I took um, in 2019 was domestic violence. Wow. Yeah. So I did an internship with Boston Police Department. That was my favorite because I was just like, wow. Yeah, I was in the big city and I was at the headquarters, which was like really nice and kind of like a big deal. Yeah. And then one for um, I was in New Hampshire at a local police department. That one was really cool, but I was like isolated, but I sat like in with the detectives so I could hear them like talking and I'd be like, oh my goodness, like this is so cool, but not cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I one What were the- you doing in the internships? So for Boston, I was in the research division. So I was like, you know, I would get all their data and like they had um like bi-weekly meetings. So I would put together all the information and they would just present it. 
Okay. So that was cool because I would get to sit in on the meetings and be like, like important, it's cool. Yeah. And Nashua, I kind of bottlenecked myself into crime analysis. So essentially that's like, you know, Nashua is like a big area. They cover like five highway exits, I think. Mm-hmm. So with that, it was like, you know, how to d- direct the police patrols. Cause if you kind of watch like the crime patterns, you can kind of be like, all right, this is like potentially it happens like on this day at this time. Like maybe if you can direct the patrol over there, you know, even sometimes just police wow. is enough to re- reduce the crime. Wow. Rather than just like, drive all over. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's wild though. Tracking the patterns. I never thought about that. I mean, it makes total sense, but yeah. The next one I ended up doing was the courthouse. So I was in there like helping people like with their paperwork, like say if you had like a court case and you wanted to go pro bono, I'd be like, okay, there's the law library. There's all the information. Let me like look at your paperwork and make sure it's filled out correctly. So it doesn't slow the process. So this explains why you were attracted to my uh, Instagram with the scales I don't know if you realized, but light yeah. always wins is an the acron the acronym is law, which yeah. I I have a crazy story I'll tell on here at some point <clears throat> involving, uh, I guess involving law. But um, anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> You'll have to get to it. Yeah. So I did the courthouse, and then the last one I did was at a domestic violence shelter. So all along while I was in school, I was doing like different types of jobs. So I got into like doing temping, Mm -hmm. I would get, you know, assigned to an office. So I would be doing that. And then I would be doing like justice on the side somehow. And then, but it was still parts of like the 2011 me that was like, oh no, like, you know, life stinks. And then you die, you go to this job that you don't want. So finally, you know, fast forward seven years, I was literally like, okay, here's the cycle. Like I get a job. I'm like, thank you like universe and then after a while I don't like it and then I end up leaving and then I'm like oh my god get me a job and then it's like thank goodness and I'm like this is a really bad cycle like I need to get out of it Mm. so I'm not going to take a job unless it's in law enforcement Mm. that was the one thing and that was scary as hell like I was literally like okay I'm not working like this is like super scary like what do I do so that's when I got into the program for domestic violence because I was like all right one more time at school you know, then I can do like networking because you have your teachers and whatever. So I connected with their, you know, office that does the internships. And I was like, okay, I need an internship, like just anything to get me out. And then I was actually working in a domestic violence shelter locally, which not too much information on that because, you know, they're people trying to get out of bad situations. Yeah. But yeah, it was interesting. So I was in there like helping them. And I was like, oh, like I'm interested in like life coaching, like, hmm. So I had already done like a basic life coaching program and I was like, oh, maybe I could like life coach these people, but it was just so busy and so chaotic that I didn't really like get into it with anyone. Yeah. And then long and the short of it, my boss from Boston police called me and was like, hey, there's a job. I think it would be really good for you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So now I work in corrections. And the interesting thing is I'm doing very similar work to what I was doing with Boston police, but like, I didn't apply. I didn't like nothing. It literally would like the job just like appear. And I was like, wow, like this stuff with the universe is like strong. Like if you can believe, get out of your way. And but the interesting thing, yeah. Yeah. So the interesting thing is like, people feel like it's like, okay, like, like what's that saying? It's like, let go, let God. Mm. The interesting thing about that is, 
it's almost like Jesus take the wheel. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, that is not actually a thing. Like you let it go to the universe, but at the same time, you have to be doing other things. They, a lot of people say you have to meet the universe halfway. Yes. It's like, if you just sit back and you're like, okay, I'm going to let go and let God and just whatever. Like for <laughs> me, it's like, while I was literally like, okay, I want a job in justice and I'm not going to take another one until that's it. But at the same time, I was back in school, I was doing the program. And then I went and I was, you know, supporting the people in the shelter and all that sort of thing. And it's like, I kept showing up, even though I was like, I don't really want to go. And I'm like, I'm technically not getting paid or it's like, yeah, I'm getting paid an experience, but it's not really, but at the same time I was doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you were fun. working towards. Yeah. So that. it's like, while you're doing other things, it's like that. So that would bring me to like, the one of the toughest like life lessons that I got. So rewind back to 2004, it was, you know, I had just finished school, whatever. And I was like, okay, like I'm looking for a job. I want to get into banking. And I was like, you know, struggling, just applying everywhere and just whatever. And my mom was like, cause my mom's from Singapore and she was like, okay, like, why don't we, you know, I'm getting ready to take a trip to Singapore. Why don't you come like whatever? And I was like, no, like I can't go. I've got to sit here and I've got to grind and I've got to, you know, apply and whatever. So my mom went, she literally was gone, you know, maybe two, three weeks. Cause Singapore is a long flight. It's like 22 yeah. and a half hours. Oh, wow. So she was usually when you go, you need like two, three days to like get acclimated and then you what you're going to do and then fly back. Same thing. So literally she left and I was, you know, hustling, applying, whatever. And then she came back and literally like days after she came back, I got the job in banking. Huh. But this was in the fall. So she went like over the summer and that fall, it was November of 2004, my grandmother, which if I had gone with my mother would have been the last time I would have seen her because she passed away. So at the time when I was banging my head against the wall, trying to be like, I need to get into the bank and I need to do this and I need to do that, whatever. It's like, if I had just left that there and gone to Singapore, like I would have seen my grandmother. And it's like, that's something I have to live with forever. Yeah. This lesson is if something's not working out, it means you're supposed to be doing something else in the meantime, mm. because that ends up happening, but it's like not right now. Yeah. Oh man. That speaks to me a lot. <laughs> Yeah. So that's like being a farmer, like I'm tied to my land all the time. And I, I have these like urges to travel, but the only time I really have an opportunity to travel is winter. So note to self right now, make it happen. <laughs> so called or whatever the hell it is. Like go do it. Yeah. So yeah, hardest life lesson. And I actually ended up learning it again, believe it or not, in like a pseudo messed up way. I don't know if you've watched my Instagram feed a lot, but there'd be like random pictures of Prince. Oh, yeah. And it was the same thing. Like Prince was in Boston and I was like, oh, I should go. But I was single at the time and like there was nobody to really go with. And I was like, oh, I should just go. I'm like, but I've never gone to a concert alone. Like, oh, my God. Oh. So literally I didn't go. Prince passed away. Oh man. Like, Dude, like, this is part two. Like I should have gone. All yeah. these things that are like like should have cut up. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. funny because a lot of it is um, you know, the thing with mi missing the opportunity to go to Singapore, we're kind of like we're kind of raised in this like grind culture. Like you've got to do it. You got to work really hard. And like, yes, that's true. And 
sometimes it's okay to give yourself a break or, you know, really listen to what, what you need to do. And then like with the Prince thing, it's like, oh, it just, it like breaks my heart too, to hear you say like, I didn't want to go to a concert alone. I'm like, oh, no, I ended up doing it later. Good. Like I went to Arizona for because I'm forever doing like certifications classes, this that. So I had to go to Arizona for one of the classes, and I just happened to look, and I'm like, crap, my favorite band is playing, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go. Like, it's fine. Nice. And I ended up going. Yeah. I was like sitting in the car, like waiting to go in, and I saw this couple arrive. So I just kind of like speed walked behind them. So I looked like I was. <laughs> and then when, when we got in the venue, I just let them go, and I was like. I know. And then since I'm not from Phoenix, I'm like, I know nothing about Phoenix, Arizona. When I came out, there was two cops on the sidewalk. And obviously because of my work, I'm comfortable with them. So uh-huh. I looked one way and I'm like, that's a parking garage. And I looked the other way and I'm like, that's the same. It looks the same. And I'm like, so I'm like, Hey guys, where's the garage that's on like such and such street. They're like, Oh, go this way. It's that one right there. And I was like, <laughs> we walked all the way to the car and I made it and I'm still here. Ah! so funny man I like moved to Boston by myself when I was 18 and like went to basement shows by myself like all the time like I don't know where I got the guts to do that but (laughs) it's this is why I'm like this is so funny that you have this thing about like going going places alone it's so interesting you know why? I don't know what it was like prior. I mean, now I can do it. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I've been to concerts. I've traveled. I've, you know, were your parents, um, did you, your parent? did your parents stay married? No, no, they, they didn't split in 1990. I think I was just curious. Cause I was raised by a single mom and I always felt like that made me a lot more independent because she was always like, don't depend on a man for anything. <laughs> she had this kind Are of bitter thing. Are you an only child? What was that? Are you an only child? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have older brother, younger sister, and then my father got remarried. So there's two more girls. So it's interesting in my mother's household, I'm the crazy middle child, but in my father's household, my sister is the crazy middle child. Okay. Well, maybe that kind of makes a difference too. Like I, I just always was kind of alone, you know? So yeah, my mom's an only child. So like we have a really small family. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the twin flame relationship. because Yes. We just left it there. So I apologize to the listeners because I'm a Gemini. So I tend to like talk like left, right, and center and think it's a circle. I don't know. I love it. Yeah. So it's like I was, you know, in the midst of like going to school and whatever. And then I met this guy and I'm like, oh man, he's cute. Like whatever. So this was like tough, like relationship lesson. Cause I had gone to like a tarot reader and she was like, yeah, you know, when you're getting to know someone, it's like, you know, you see them on the outside, but make sure you get to know like the substance, like who are they really? What's the pedestal that they're standing on? And I was just like, what? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. So with him, I was like, oh, he's cute. Like he's an Aquarius. He talks a lot. Like, I love that. Cause you know, I'm obviously quiet. So he was just talking. My ex-husband was a Taurus. So he was very quiet and like, didn't talk much. So it was like, Uh, And I'm very like cognitive being the Gemini. So I'm like, just talk to me. Someone talk to me. I want to hear. So he talked a lot. So with him, it was like, yeah, it's so interesting. And he does all these things and whatever. But it was like, once he said everything he had to say, it sort of was like, 
went downhill a little bit and it was kind of like boring like eh. but anyway long and the short of it we actually ended up having a kid together because I have a five-year-old son who's my little Taurus and my probably greatest teacher Aww. but yeah so it was like a really tough relationship so we ended up splitting probably like 2019 but like we sort of co-parent like we're unusual and I don't know if it's like the twin flame magic or what but like we try to be like amiable and whatnot, which it's like difficult because sometimes it's like, oh, it's you. Like, uh-huh. like you annoy me or whatever. And I try to put that aside because it's like, okay, we need to be serious because we share a kid and we always will. Like, yeah, I'm not supposed to be like, okay, a person's an ex for a reason. Like, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. But him, it's like, I have to keep talking to him. But, right. But like, I ended up getting like so many lessons because I find it's like, you know, a lot of people like go externally and like they tend to, you know, cast blame outside or we're always looking outside ourselves like, oh, like I need to find out who I am. I'm going to go on a journey. And it's like, ah, it's not like an outer journey. It's an inner journey yeah. you know, of universe. It's inner verse. But yeah, so what made it so challenging is he wasn't really willing to do the work because we have very, very similar upbringing, similar backgrounds. And in my mind, it was like, okay, we should understand each other because we get it. We've been there. Yeah. But it's almost like you can't take like two brokens and have them come together as a whole, because it's like, if they're not doing the work, you can't quite, you know, heal together or separately and come together. Mm -hmm. So it's like really, really challenging. It's like, well, if you don't want to do the work and whatever, and like, I kind of like crossed our birth charts to be like, so who are we? And that's where it came out, like somewhat like twin flame and whatever. Uh, so was it like you could see sinistry, like maybe you had lived lives together before like yeah possibly okay even past life or whatever like maybe they're in the past or something but like some of the interesting things that came out was like it's like if I'm like esoteric and like what they call woo woo it's like he's like the opposite like he doesn't believe in any of that so he doesn't believe in like the universe and like you know stuff happening alignment like any of that like he's just like nope like hard work and grind and this and that which is totally fine that's his you know perception but it's hard to because when you're just like oh shit yeah you know I got like the parking space (laughs) up front because I freaking manifested it (laughs) it just happened (laughs) Like, oh man. So you're like, like, you just burst in my bubble. Thanks a lot. Right. Like I'm here like vibing high and yeah, (laughs) really, really challenging. So it was like, man, so like that. And then another aspect of the birth charts is like, he's an Aquarius. So they're like the truth tellers. Like if you lie to them, like they get super mad, Hmm. but they are whatever is positioned. However, like not an astrologer. So I'm not going to lie, but like, (laughs) The way it's like laid out is he will always lie to me. Huh. Because apparently like the life lesson is to learn how to listen to my inner voice. Like if I take his, you know, advice, it's like, okay, that's a car wreck (laughs) waiting to happen. But if I'm like, okay, like what would I like, you know, really want to do with that? Like, hmm. it was like learning how to listen to my own like inner voice. Wow. Like life lessons. Why are they so difficult? Like maybe yeah. that's why we're here. Yeah. The Still earth learn. classroom, right? Isn't that what they call it? What was that? The earth classroom. Yeah. 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 So like that. So we ended up, you know, splitting in 2019. And then, you know, I ended up once I was like away from him and it was like, 
I learned how to stop casting the blame. That's when I started to see how much of a perfect mirror this guy is. Like, I'm like, okay, everything I don't like about him is exactly what I don't like about myself. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a big like, ouch, because it's like, okay, it's so easy to blame him and be like, you know, he's whatever. And he, you know, doesn't this, that, and the other. And it's like, no, that's you too. Yeah. So the twin flame, the perfect mirror. Yeah. So it's, oh my God. Ooh, you're making things click in my mind. Cause like, I, I wonder if my husband and I are twin flames. I know that you can oh, see do you find like you chase each other. Like, do you do the, like, no, the I won't say that we, we just like, uh, kind of both knew we were going to get married. Like, very early on we and we did we got married like six months later and we've been together 12 years and when you look at your our astrology charts it it's looks like I mean there's sinistry there it looks like we've lived lives before and I've together before and I've done a past life regression where I saw him there as my partner then so I'm like that's why one reason I asked about the twin flame because I'm like does it mean you always end up together. I've also heard this theory that like part of your soul splits off and that's your twin flame. Like you find it in the other person. Oh my God. I've heard stuff like that. Cause like we have two hands, we have two eyes, you know, two ears, but we only have one heart because like the other heart is in the other person. Hmm. And like you find it and then there's two. There's also this um, theory that like we are all twins before we're born but usually like one will take over the other. And so when people actually have twins, like in a lot of ancient cultures, it's considered a blessing because it's like, oh, they both made it. So it's kind of, I don't know, just, just interesting. The twin thing's interesting to me because my mom was a twin. So, wow. Yeah. But, um, also has twins. Who does my boss? Oh Yeah. So like, I actually looked it up because I was like, oh, this is interesting. And for the listeners, I actually don't have like <clears throat> where this came from. Yeah. But it says spiritual connection. So the twin flame, someone you share the same soul with, breathtaking connection filled with synchronicities, everything about yourself that you've been running from is suddenly in front of you. Hmm. The soulmate is instant connection. Feel like you've known them before. Usually an easy relationship, typically the one you marry and teaches you self-love. And then the last one is karmic partner. So not an easy relationship yet really hard to let go brought together to learn lessons that you failed to master in a previous lifetime. Interesting. Huh? Yeah. All right. So I, I don't think we're twin flames. I'm thinking maybe soulmate. Hopefully not karmic partner. <laughs> it's I mean, our relationship's pretty easy, but holy crap, have we learned so much. We were never chasing each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was never happening. And um, oh, what I was getting to is the the working on yourself. So like luckily we've been able to do that together rather than both of us have grown a ton, but you know, it would be difficult if it was only one of us. Like I wouldn't be able to stay in that relationship either. Right. Probably if I was either person, right? Yeah. You know? Well, no, because <laughs> one who's not doing the work, sometimes, you know, will be like, no, just stay. Like it's fine. Right. Like they don't see that things are changing. Yeah. 
so the interesting thing with us was um we'd been together maybe like a year and I actually ended up throwing a Halloween party and I had a friend who came and she brought her then boyfriend and somehow it came up. He was like, you know, I really want to have kids, but your friend doesn't want to have kids. Like, can you tell her that she should have kids? And I'm like, that's her choice. Like if she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to like, what is there to say? Yeah. So after, you know, the party ended and everybody left, you know, my now son's father was like, Oh, we should have a kid. And I was like, we don't have jobs. We're not set up. Like, we don't even live together. <laughs> like, what is this? So that was in the fall. So I was like, you know, next fall we should, you know, try or whatever, or just do it. And then I left it. And then, you know, maybe like a couple of months go by. And then we just, I don't know what happened, just started trying, but it like, wasn't happening. So with that, I was like, oh man, like what? So I was working with an acupuncturist at the time and she was like, oh, try like these different herbs and whatever. And I was like, okay. And then I ended up going dairy free. I don't remember why. I think because I had read that it like, you know, helps with hormones and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So long and the short of it, you know, I had like, I think two almost pregnancies. And then the following fall, after all this like struggle and whatever, like my son was conceived and it was like, did I call that one and then forget and, you know, decide to try and do it differently. So it ended up being really challenging, mm. but yeah, so it was probably August of 2015. I ended up, you know, getting pregnant with him. And then, so he was born May of 2016 and it just, I don't know. It's interesting. Do you have kids? Mm -mm, no, I don't. Yeah. So it's interesting. Cause like when you have a kid, it's almost like you're, if you have the awareness, I should say, because like I talk to people about these concepts and they're like, I don't even think like that. <laughs> but like for me, it's like I question, like, what are we passing down? Because I would sort of like notice myself, like, say, if, you know, he did something and I was like, oh, don't do that. Like, that's wrong. Like, don't do that. And I'd be like, why am I getting so upset? And I'd be like, oh, that's something like my mom would get upset at me about. Yeah. So I'm like, that doesn't even matter. Like, why? Like, it's not even something to get upset about. And I'd be like, okay, that needs to change. Like, don't, you know, flip out about little things. And I'm always questioning. So what are we handing down? And what are our kids like learning? Because I find that like kids learn by what you do. It's not what you say. Like you can tell them X, Y, Z and be like, oh, go out and be a good person. But, you know, a lot of what they end up doing is what they witnessed you doing. Because yeah. that's, if you've read into like the two tracks in the brain, because you've got the conscious track and then the subconscious track. So your subconscious track is written or, you know, coded by what you're witnessing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you don't even like a lot of the stuff that we do automatically. It's almost like we don't even notice that we're doing it. We just, you know, go out and do it. Yeah. But for that, it was like, oh man. And then like, I see a lot of myself and my son. So I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, I remember little me like having such a hard time and whatever. And you know, it's been like a help to be able to be like, okay, like when I was little, like, this is what I needed. So I just give it to him. Like, for example, we would go to like mom's groups when he was little to try to, you know, play and get out with other kids. And he's the type, like he needs to sort of take in the lay of the land. Like he needs to kind of see what's going on and what are people doing and, you know, how are things unfolding? So he would like sit on my lap and just watch the kids play. And then when he was ready, it was like off to the races. You know, like, <laughs> That's cool. And I remember the other moms being like, so why do you let him like sit on your lap? You know, you're not helping him socialize and, you know, you're holding him back. And why are you doing that? 
interesting because I remember in my mind, I'm like, you know, I remember when I was little and my mom would just, you know, chuck me in the fray and I needed to take in the lay of the land and she didn't let me do it. Yeah. Man. So that's like an example of how, like, I do stuff for him that it's like, okay, like, this is what I needed. Like, I remember like not being able to process or take it in. So it's like, okay, like if you need a minute, that's fine. Like, don't feel like you have to jump right in. It's almost like you're, uh, sort of reparenting yourself or like healing your inner child through noticing what you didn't get as a kid and then being able to do it for your son. Yeah. Cause now it's, it's like, he's five now. So like more, like it was more of a car wreck when he was younger. Cause it was like, oh my goodness, like between, you know, splitting and becoming a single parent and whatever it was like, there was like a lot of chaos. Yeah. So like, I want to say it was like end of 2019. Cause I owned, um, a house and I was like, all right, like this house is too big. It has a pool, whatever. And I'm like, you know, it's just me and my son. We should probably downsize, try to simplify. Cause who knows? And it's like, I was trying to sell the house and then I was, you know, getting into where I work, like getting into corrections and all of that. So it was like, oh man, like there's so much going on and like, how do I balance and like be a parent? And, you know, my poor dog, like took the back seat like years ago, but I was like, you know, are they going to be doing his special diet and is he warm enough? And just, you know, the little quirks that, you know, but I understand the parents that are like, you know, I had a kid and I had to give away my dog and I'm like. Like I get it, but I just couldn't do it. So I ended up selling the house and lo and behold, I was like, oh, I'll go and stay with my mother, you know, and it should be like a month or two once the spring hits, you know, we should be able to find a house quickly and whatever. Yeah. And lo and behold, here comes March of 2020. And I was like, oh my God, what is happening? Yeah. The whole thing is unprecedented. And it was like, you know, who knew what? So at the time I was still physically going to work and I'm the type, like I'm sensitive to like energies around me. So it was, you know, as all this is unfolding and I don't really watch much TV because like when I was doing my, you know, graduate school, like one of the teachers was like, you know, don't watch TV. Like, it's just not good for you. Like think for yourself. And it was like, okay, (laughs) I don't really watch TV anyway, but that's cool. And so I would kind of catch glimpses of it because my mother's the type of leave the TV running all day. So it's like, yeah, you're, you you're going to hear it. And it's like, whatever. So, you know, I was driving back and forth to work while everything was, you know, technically closing down because luckily my office is isolated, you know, because I work in the research division. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's where it was like, OK, like I'm just kind of by myself in here, whatever. And then it was like, OK, like everyone just needs to stay home because we just don't know. Yeah, I was like, thank God, because the energy was like this, like all up in the air. And I was like, I can't stand it. Like just to even go and like sit in the building, I would. Was it a lot of fear? I think so. I think that's what was churning up because it was like, who knew what was going on? Right. But at the same time, you know, on the external, it was like there were no open houses, like people weren't opening their homes to sell it. Cause it's like, Oh, who knew, you know, who's sick or not or whatever. Right. And you're going to come in and traipse through the house. And it was like, Oh my God. So part of me was like, thank God I sold the house, you know, the end of 2019. Yeah. Whereas like now it's like, we can't find another place. So, wow. Like, I don't exactly have the closest relationship with my mother, but I feel like it was like the universal lesson, like, okay, like you need to <laughs> whatever. And you know, 
try to speak with kindness, which was like challenging for me. And it was like, oh my goodness. And it was like, literally like, I'm like, what, what happened to manifesting? And like, you know, I literally like manifested my job. Like, why can't I manifest the house? Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. It was like, I was like, the universe was like holding me for the, like all the lessons, like all those challenging little lessons. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I feel like for a lot of people, like on a larger scale, because everybody was you know, just in one spot, it was like, nobody was really going out. No one was, you know, doing whatever, at least that I heard. I mean, maybe some people were still going out. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. So I want to say I was out of work, maybe end of March through probably second or third week in April. And again, like I would go and the energy was just off the charts. And I was like, I can't stand it, but they'll go because I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And like, you start thinking like, okay, like I'm being safe, but what if I go out and catch it? Then what? It's like, so even my son, it was like, I stopped taking him anywhere because it was like a boy and like his little daycare closed down. Yeah. The long and the short of it, it was like, I want to say it took to end of April when the energy just something, it was almost like a light switch, just it dropped. And I was like, okay, like I can function in this. Like it feels okay. Like, Uh I don't know what happened around then to cause it to sort of calm down, but that's interesting, huh? I remember that. And then so March, April, probably end of May, we started house hunting and then we didn't find like the house until December of 2020. Wow. Yeah. So it literally took like almost a year and it was like, oh my God, like what happened to manifesting and the whole thing. But Again, I feel like if you're there, if you're in one spot, it's like you have to sort of accept where you are and be okay with it and then like get, you know, whatever lessons or tidbits you're supposed to before you can move on. Yeah. Cause I kind of I've always felt like I don't know if you're like this at all, but I I actually one of my things that I think holds me back sometimes is that it's very easy for me to just kind of be content anywhere. I, I would say kind of before I started <laughs> this journey got intense for me. I felt that way. Definitely. Now I think I more like, no, <laughs> like have my boundaries and things, but yeah. you know, I feel like there's also when you're in tough situations, it's great. Like just having the attitude that like, maybe this is supposed to teach me something is, is awesome. But did you ever find that you were also like, okay, how can I make this? How can I make this nice? Or how can I you know, like enjoy this or try to find the good in it, not just the lessons. I don't know if it's like, if you can make it good, I would say it's more like getting comfortable with the discomfort. Ah, yeah. Okay. With the unknown. Like, I feel like 2020 was like a big fat, like, okay, you, you, you don't know what's coming. You don't know what's whatever. Again, with the word unprecedented, it's almost, can you be okay with where you are? Like, can you, be like, I'm safe. I'm okay. Like, you know, everything keeps changing, like whether it's the rules or what's going on or whatever, like, you know, all of it was just like up in the air. Like even with respect to, I heard companies opening back up and they were like, well, we'll just see if, you know, cases go up. Cause we don't know, we don't know what to expect because that was like, you know, unprecedented. Mm-hmm. So it was like, that's your plan. But it was like, well, what else are you going to do? You know? Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah. So I feel like, like I said, it's about getting comfortable with the discomfort and the unknown. Cause a lot of people become like creatures of habit and, you know, they kind of do everything the same way. And it's like, this is like one way to really shake it up and be like, okay, like you're being flung into like where you have no idea, like you, your navigation system is down. So what are you going to do? 
So do you, I feel like the whole COVID thing was sort of, well, I feel like there's, there's a, a lot of different things going on with it, but one thing I feel like is that that was sort of our cue to wake up. Um, like, okay, now you, now you're stuck at home. You have to sit with yourself, you know, or. Yeah. Cause all the regular coping mechanisms are gone. Right. And then like, there's a, a, a are being taken out of what they, you know, the routine of like every day. Cause I think that was challenging for a lot of people was being knocked out of their routines. Yeah. And the, the other part of it, I feel like, um, a lot more people were like getting out in nature, which I feel like you can learn a ton from, um, <laughs> and yeah, it just felt like everything was sort of turned upside down or, or shaken up. And I mean, it's, I kept thinking like, this is the only thing in my lifetime that I can think of that affected the entire world. You know, like there's things that it affected like all of the U S or, I mean, nine 11 was like another big thing, but like, it may not have affected people in other countries quite as much as, you know, the U S I think it did because of the travel, you know, like say if they were right. going to travel here or there or wherever, like it's true. the way of travel, you know, but this was like just even more intense than that, you know, <laughs> like controlled yeah. where you go even more than like being able to travel places, you know, right. like, so it's interesting. I definitely feel like it's a catalyst for, um, things to change, you know? Yeah. Because again, it's like, it's getting out of, you know, like doing over and over exactly what you know. Because like, honestly, like at the end of 2019, like I kind of felt like I was like on the top of everything because I had just gotten out of the difficult relationship. Like I ended up manifesting the job and corrections. I was actually out in public doing tarot readings because I started doing readings um, up in Amesbury. And then I was doing like gigs in Salem, Mass. So I was like, wow, I'm like big deal because, you know, Salem, Mass is where it's at. Yeah, doing, you know, teaching meditation classes and like running healings and whatever and doing all that sort of stuff. And I was like, this is it. And it's going to get bigger and better. And, you know, I can work, you know, law enforcement during the day and then I can do all the esoteric woo woo like on the side or at night. And, you know, I was literally like, hey, I'm going to like get a new house and it's just, you know, just going to continue getting better and better. And then, you know, once the shutdown happened and whatever, like I was like bowled over. I was like, okay, I'm not doing readings. I'm not doing zoom readings. I'm not doing like any of that. And just everything that I like to do just like fell to the wayside. And it was like, okay, now what, like what, what happens now? Mm -hmm. Like talking to other people, a lot of people are like reinventing themselves. So even for myself, like I had said, I had taken the the life coaching certification. So I kind of put it out to the universe, like, okay, what should I be doing? Like, am I supposed to be like a tarot reader? Or am I supposed to be like some kind of healer? Like, what is it exactly? Mm -hmm. And then I started seeing, you know, almost like pop-up ads on Instagram for like a self-love coach. So I got into that program, like after I sat with it for a while, because we were talking about human design and, you know, we're supposed to respond. <laughs> <laughs> So I ended up getting into the course and it's literally like shifted like my trajectory because growing up, you know, it was a lot between having like a difficult family, but also like at school, like I was bullied like here and there for like a few years. And it was like, oh man, like I literally like lost my connection to self. Mm. Along the way. And it's almost like, um, 
you know, losing touch with like your internal radar. Like, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And it's like, if people ask me that, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, hmm. So it's like part of my life has been like a lot of luck just being like, okay, like law enforcement or bust and it happens or I'm going to get pregnant next fall and it happens like whatever happens like around that it's like, okay, like I said, it was going to be this or that and somehow mystically it happens. But at the same time, it's like, you know, even today it's like, oh, I have a day off. Like, what should I do? And like, I had a zoom call with a friend like this morning. Cause like, I haven't seen her in a while. And she's like, oh, like I can't get out, but why don't we just do a zoom call? And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. So we were like talking and like, she's actually doing like life coaching. So she was giving me like pointers and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like this, you know, feels good. Cause I think I told you last night, I was like, you know, I'm getting really nervous to do the podcast. Like I really want to, but just (laughs) I don't know why I'm so nervous. And like, you were like talking it out and I was like, okay, I feel a little bit better. And, you know, I checked out the other episode that you mentioned and I was like, Hey, like, it's not so bad. It's okay. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I really want to do like Instagram lives because you know, that could like support being a life coach, like getting the word out or whatever. Isn't this what people do? And it's like, Hmm, like I tried it out and I literally like froze like deer in headlights. So I'm like, Oh man, So this morning, like I went on Instagram and one of the people like in my program was on a live and I went on and she was just kind of like laughing and whatever and like riffing a little bit, but like nothing really. And then I think I was like the only person watching. So I was trying to like type in the text box. And then I was like, you know, this is taking too long. And I'm like, she's kind of riffing. I'm like, I wonder if she, if I hit request, like she'll accept and sure enough, she did. And like, we were just like talking and laughing and just about like, the most random stuff. And I was like, wow, I was like, I love riffing and like talking. And like, I was actually like getting high and I'm like, huh, this is interesting. Mm. By the time, like, it was like, okay, it's time for the podcast call. I'm like, you know, I feel pretty good. Like, it's not that bad. You got a little warm up this morning. Yeah. (laughs) Cause like, what was interesting with like her, she was like, you know, my favorite place to be is in the car. She's like, I, I don't know. I just like to like sit and like think I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's the contemplation space. I'm like, you know, if I arrive (laughs) somewhere, I tend to sit and like think for a minute. And she's like, oh, she's like, yeah, I get really good ideas. And I was like, oh, do you know where I get good ideas in the shower? And I'm like, and it sucks because you can't write anything down. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many good ideas coming in that you tend to forget by the time you get out. You're like, what was all that? It was so Everybody says that I don't get anything in the shower. I'm always like, maybe, maybe it'll start coming to me in the shower. I, that's just me trying to want it, wanting to be like other people, I guess. But <laughs> my, I think, I guess maybe, my maybe try contemplating in the car. I mean, I feel like each person is so unique and however yeah. they were. So she was like, you know, I wonder why do we get good ideas? Like when in these situations and I'm like, well, it's when you're on autopilot, that's when your brain yeah. is free to like, Cause I was describing it as like, have you ever gotten in the car and then you drove somewhere and it's like, you remember getting in the car and you remember arriving, but you don't remember the ride Yeah, because it's so autopilot. I just had on, um, Gina Seval, who is a past life regressionist and uh-huh. um, she talked about this and it's, we're going into trans. Yes. Like, you're going into a trance and like we do that throughout our day. And that's how she actually does past life regression. She gets you into a trance, but, um, I, you know, it's funny. Like I remember my mom used to tell me she would be driving home from work and she would be parked at the mall all of a sudden. And she was like, 
How did I get here? Why did I drive to the mall? And I'm like, whoa, I'm a little worried. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Because my the girl that I was on the live with was like, oh yeah, like, you know, I was hungry the other day and I just got in the car and suddenly I was at like a place that I like to eat. And I was like, That's <laughs> but she was like, yeah, why does that happen? And I'm like, well, picture like when you're in the shower, it's like when I, like I la- get my hair wet, then I lather it with shampoo, rinse and then soap and then condition. So it's like the same thing every yeah. single time. Well, that's my so job like, all day. Right? So my ideas come in a lot, just all day. It's funny. Like the shower is not a special moment for me. Cause that's kind of my life most of the time, but actually, you know, when a lot, I get a lot of ideas when I'm playing piano, it's really weird. Have and you I, tried to like keep a notebook handy? So if you get the idea, you can jot it down. That's a really good idea. I'm going to start I'm doing carrying one in my purse. Cause it's like, you never know when it's going to hit and you're like, damn it. This is so good. Like, what do I do? Yeah. But yeah, because that happens a lot. So like, it's funny because you just gave me confirmation because I was saying to her, it's like, oh, when you're just doing like the repeated actions. But it's funny that you said that you're trying to make yourself like other people because I just started trying to do, I don't know if you've ever heard of morning pages. Yes. Where you take the journal and you just write out three pages, like almost uh-huh. just like, vomit and uh-huh. let your brain, whatever. Yeah. And somehow it's like you're allegedly like your true voice comes out. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to do it like day after day and like nothing happens, like no oh, funny. voice, no whatever. And I'm like, why am I banging my head against the wall for this? And it's like, maybe it's just not how I do it. Like, Yeah. Maybe just keep that notebook and let it come out when it comes out. Right. Well, I was joking with my friend. I'm like, we need to make like waterproof paper or some way to take notes for those of us, you know, that do get the ideas in the shower. They do make that. They sell them at the gas station down the street for me. It's like a hardware store. I can't remember the name of it, but if you just look up waterproof journal and pen, it it exists. It's for like surveyors because they're like out in the weather, you know? Yes. That would make sense. (laughs) Oh my God. That's too funny. You got to get one. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like for like a lot of people, like just backing up onto the 2019 bit, like into 2020, it was like a lot of people, like if they were living one way, it was almost like, you know, some people had to reinvent themselves or, you know, a lot like came up that it was like, okay. Like for me, it was like a lot of like past stuff. And like, even towards the end of 2020, because I was getting into like all different sort of stuff. Like I was watching like channelers on YouTube and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And a lot of them were like, this is the great awakening. And oh my goodness. And we're connecting beyond like what we can connect with and whatever. And, you know, just hang in there and you're alchemizing and like all the emotions are going through you and you're raising the vibrations and blah, 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 blah. And I started getting nervous because I was like, oh my goodness, like, what if I'm not getting my lessons or what if I'm not, you know, learning what I'm supposed to, like, am I going to be left behind? Cause I don't know if you heard about the whole, like three, like the layers, like 3d earth and, you know, 40, 5d, whatever. Yeah. What if I get left behind in 3d and I'm just lost? Like, oh my God. Yeah. And it's funny because like, it's almost like when you put that out, like you get the response. So there was somebody that I know, like friend of a friend actually shout out. This is you, mister. If you're listening. It's like this person, I don't know why, but interacting with him, like I would get like the strangest lessons. Like I have no idea like how to even describe it. And like literally all my weird, like childhood beliefs, like he broke almost every single one of them. Wow. Sometimes it wasn't even talking to him. It would literally be like just observing him, like just whatever he's doing. And I'm like, that's sort of like, that is like that. And I'm like, 
that's my weird belief. He does the opposite. Holy <laughs> shit. Like light bulb. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> yes. So like that. So it was like, I don't know. I felt like I got like the, like, if this was literally like December of 2019, it was like the upgrades were like happening like one after another. And I was like, oh my goodness, like here's where like the fear-based living is. And here's like all the weird beliefs. And it was just too, like, I started like explaining it to him and being like, what, <laughs> how is this? And then I just stopped. Cause I was like, this is too much. He's going to be like, you're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's like, do you ever feel like you meet people and they're in your life for like a chapter and then there's like people that are there for the whole book or whatever? Yeah. I feel like it was just like that one little like excerpt and like now he's just on his way. He's just out there. Huh. But like, yeah. Sounds like you got a yeah. lot of valuable lessons out of it. <laughs> but we like don't talk anymore. So I wonder like, it was like, oh, did that whole thing I was talking about, like the soul leaves like the breadcrumbs. Yeah. It's almost like throughout your life, like these little things that like remind you of something. So I'm like, damn, did we like soul contract? And it was like, you're going to help me like awaken when I'm like freaking out or whatever. Like, I have no idea. I think so. I, I don't know. Like I just kind of got an intuitive hit, like, yep. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, and it's, it's whenever you have those thoughts, I feel like a lot of times it's true you know, like, you know, it, you, I mean, I think you already know it, even though you're posing it as a question. Yeah. It's, I'm curious, how did you get into like tarot and stuff like that? That, um, so my mother is from Singapore and over there, you know, when she was growing up, like tarot was just like a normal thing. Like everybody and their grandmother would like do readings and it was like, Oh, like, what should I do next? Oh my God, let's consult the cards. So for that, like my upbringing, it was sort of like normal. Like it wasn't woo woo. It wasn't like weird. It was just like, oh yeah, just, you know, consult some cards. I mean, we didn't have any cards, but like she would like talk about it and like she would go for readings. And I was like, that's cool. And then like, I ended up going, I don't remember how old I was, but I went for like my first reading with her and like, I don't know, the lady just like spread out the cards and I don't know if she seemed like she was like reaching for straws or whatever, but Oh, now I'm very like, okay, if I'm going to go for a reading, like I need someone to almost give like a review, like recommend them. Like I don't right. readers out of the blue, but I want to say it was like in 2011, I was at Barnes and Nobles and like at the checkout stand, there was like a mini deck. It was like half tarot, half astrology. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And I started like, you know, sort of playing and, you know, just dealing out cards and like a lot of like what I was pulling was like coming true. So I was like, oh, this is like freaky, like, hmm. And then I ended up buying, my first deck was the Crystal Tarot. Mm. And that one's actually a PIP deck. So I had no idea. And so I, I started going to tarot classes like years later. So the thing about the PIP deck is say you have a deck with the image of like the five of pentacles and it's just like five coins on the card. Like that's a PIP deck because essentially if you don't know what the five of pentacles means, like just five coins on a card doesn't yeah. give you anything like you're not yeah. anything out of the imagery like so kind of need to know more about numerology and what the different uh suits are yeah or just knowing like what the card like uh, five of pentacles it's like challenging like money troubles but it's also like about bringing yourself in and out of the cold wet rain you know like how can you help yourself like what can you do for yourself but also in other aspects it's like help is right around the corner so just mm -hmm. hang in there it depends like how it falls in the reading gotcha yeah but I mean if you have a pip deck and you're new to reading it's like well what does that mean like it's just yeah a bunch of coins on a card 
so yeah, like my favorite deck to use for readings is the the Everyday Witch. Okay, I, that one, I, don't, I don't know what it is about the pictures, but I'm just like, oh my god, that. So for me, when I'm doing readings for people, because I find like different readers have different you know, modalities and styles. Like you have some that are like mediums that do readings and there are other ones that, you know, will do readings to like, I don't know, divinate or whatever. Yeah. Mine, it's like, I do like a mix of like life coaching with reading. So I'll be like, okay, this is where you are. This is what's going on. And this is what's holding you back. This is what you should focus on. And like what mm-hmm. the potential outcome is. Cause you know, like a reading is like a snapshot in time. So essentially it's like, you know, you could say X, Y, Z is happening and this is a potential outcome, but the person who's sitting has, you know, free will, they could change their mind. They could take an action. They could do something. Anything could actually change the outcome. So it's literally not like, okay, this is what's going to happen. All right. So just pay attention to that. It's very, what can you do? What can you think? Like, like that. I love that. That's really cool. I um I dabble in tarot a little bit, but I am not super familiar with all the meanings. Um, but I love oracle cards like a yeah, lot. Me too. <laughs> They're almost like potato chips. Like you just can't have one. <laughs> so it's funny you say that because I started with one one oracle deck, and now I have three. All right, which and, was your first? Uh. Sacred, Sacred Destiny by Denise Lynn. I have that one. Oh, do you love it? Yeah, I don't use it so much because I have like a lot of decks, but essentially uh-huh. bananas. Like I started going to like a monthly tarot group in Methuen and I was like, hey, to the teacher, I was like, well, what do you think? Like if we bring in decks that we don't want and we can do like a deck swap. So she's yeah. like, okay, we'll add that. You know, every month you come in, bring in the deck that you don't want and you can swap. So sure enough, like she sent out the email being like, hey, don't forget your decks. And some guy literally brought like a paper bag full of decks. And he was like, "Eh, I don't want these. You guys can, you know, take them. It's fine. Just have it. Like I'm just giving what I thought, like not many people wanted some. So there were so many for the free for all. That one was in there. And I started using those because I was teaching the meditation classes like towards the end of 2019. So I would bring them like to the meditation classes and like let people, you know, pull a card. So like there's a couple of decks from there that I just, you know, set aside. And I'm like, all right, these are public. Like you guys can use them. Like it's cool. Whereas like my decks are like mine. Like I'm a little, you know, golem with the friggin' precious. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you say that because uh, one of my friends was over who's, she's basically a medium um, and does Reiki and she's really cool. But um, I brought out my Isis deck and you have that one too so i love that like alana fairchild yes yeah okay so that deck's like really special to me and i usually only pull like one card and i don't usually like for a while i was pulling from the sacred destiny like every day but this one's just kind of like maybe once a week or just when i feel like i need it and she picks up this deck and she goes this doesn't get used much and she was like, she doesn't want me to use these. Okay. <laughs> I was like, she goes, can you tell her it's okay? And I'm just dying laughing because the deck, like you're saying, these are mine. Like that deck's very special to me, you know? And I was like, it's okay. And then she used it, but uh, it just kind of, it cracks me up how you can really connect. I'm starting to connect a lot more with, with the energies and stuff, which is, it's a cool feeling. 
you know? Yeah. It is, it really is. Like just to, it's like when I'm doing like, say tarot, like I'll shuffle and I let the cards jump out. Cause I'm like, okay, they're choosing to, you know, come out and say whatever they want to say. Like, yeah. I know people that will, you know, shuffle and then you draw like the first five on top or, you know, they shuffle and just draw throughout the deck. I mean, there's so many, it's like, we're all as individual as our thumbprints. I didn't learn from anyone. I just started my own way and I, I cut it three times. Yeah. I, it doesn't even make sense, but, and then I stack them back up and I take off the top one, you know, and it's like, but it makes sense to you. So yeah. 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 The cut three times, I think, um, is it Colette Baron Reed? She had one. It was like the wisdom of Avalon. That one, the book actually says cut it three times. And like, hmm. I, when I first started, that was one of the decks that I had gotten first. And, um, I don't know why, but the messages were always like spot on, even doing it like that, you know, cut three times, pull a yeah. card from each of the cuts. And then that's your reading. And it was like, oh my God, like every time, but I don't know. I feel like, I don't know if it's the whole Gemini thing or whatever, or just, you know, the jack of all trades, the master of none, but like I tend to do like different things and I come and go and I'm like, all right, let's do Oracle cards. Okay. I'll set like, you know, like, <laughs> almost like whatever I'm in the mood for, then I'll grab it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way actually. And, and I'm a Capricorn, but so normally I don't know if it's a generator thing. <laughs> it might be, it could be a generator thing. Uh, yeah. Cause there's something else with the, um, what is it called? Life design, human design human design. Uh, I, there's something in that reading that I read that I'm here to like experience everything. Like there's some other aspect where you're like an experiencer or something else. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I just remember in my reading, that was one of the things. And I was like, that makes complete sense. Cause I've lived in a lot of places. I've done a lot of different things oh, and wow. it's always changing. Like I might, right now I'm like settled down in New Hampshire farming and it could be different in five years. I don't know. <laughs> Who's to know? Yeah. <laughs> That's like me. Like I worked in banking then I was doing temp jobs and now I'm in law enforcement. And it's like, what if I go full-time coaching? It's like, I have no idea. Like I'm just all over the map. You're just kind of following whatever yeah. Whatever next, whatever you're supposed to learn from. That's the piece of the generator is to do whatever lights you up because essentially like generators are like the energy of the world. So it's not like what you do, but how you do it. So say if you like your biggest thing is to go to Starbucks every morning and buy a coffee, like it's how you show up and treat the barista that like your energy then transfers to them and they like have a better day because they interacted with you. Yeah. So earlier, before we got on to the, before we were recording, we were talking about how you were like, like, why are we here? You know, and, and yeah. what you just you said, something. what you just said, I think is one of the reasons I think like, oh, to light things up. Like, I think we're here to raise the bar. I mean, everybody has different, everybody has different purposes, I guess, but really I, I think it is to like spread light, you know? And like you said, raise the vibe, like I don't know. I think that's one of the reasons there's probably many <laughs> like to have those different impacts. Right. Cause that's yeah. one of my biggest, like, like, am I having a good impact? Like, am I making a difference like that? 
really like gets to me. Cause like, say when I was at um, Boston police, like I was at the headquarters. So I was so removed from what was going on on the streets that I was like, is what we do even having an impact? Like, yeah, does it do anything? And then, you know, when I was at like the DV shelter, it was like, you know, I was on the ground, like with the individuals that were getting out of bad situations and, you know, just being there holding space, like being like, okay, what do you need to do? Like, how can we help you? Like, whether it was getting them resources or whatever, like that, like, I like to have an impact. I know that's yeah. fun for me. Yeah. And then lessons, like, even though like a lot of times it's like, okay, that's really, really hard. Like, like one of my other biggest lessons that I should probably like, I don't say my full name online because people automatically are like, okay, you live in that area and that's your name is it. So I want to say, was it 2005? So because there's two lessons in here. There's, we'll just get into this story and then we'll remind me to bring it back to why, like, how is it like that? So 2005, my soon to be sister-in-law was in a really bad car accident. So she was nine months pregnant and got into an accident Ooh. and she actually passed away. She was 22 years old at the time. And like, now I feel like I'm getting better with it because I can actually talk about it without just losing it. But for me, like the biggest lesson was that she, a lot of the stuff that people take for granted, mm-hmm. she would never get to experience. She never got to become a mom. She'll never be a grandmother. Like she'll never own a home, never get married. Like, you know, cause they were engaged. They were, you know, lining it up. They were gonna, you know, have their baby and do whatever. But like, we just think, oh yeah, you know, like we can set up and hopefully one day own a home and whatever. Like all the stuff that we take for granted, like she never got to experience. And it was just like, like literally it blew the side of my head off. Cause it was like, oh my God, like stop taking stuff for granted. Yep. So to bring that around, like the full lesson is, there's things that happen in life and you know if you're looking for like triggers trauma healing like getting into that sort of thing it's like even with emotions and reactions there's what we call like the loud things like they're obvious like you know okay this is an issue whatever you can blame whatever on that but there's also the quiet things that like really really bother but like you may not even notice that that's going on so essentially my grandmother passed the end of 2004 and then fast forward one year I was like, oh no, it's coming up, like my grandmother. But then that happened to my sister-in-law and that was super loud. It was like, you know, here's this amazing life and it was just snuffed out. And it was almost like, I forgot to mourn my grandmother. Like, like, yeah, that happened. Like my grandmother, like, uh, but now when I think back to those years, it's like my sister-in-law will just pop right up. Like, oh my goodness, like that happened. It was terrible. uh, And that's what I would call loud. Whereas the thing that was quiet that bothers me is like that my grandmother passed. And it's like, you know, even with like emotions, like say, like an individual that experiences like anger a lot, like anger is really loud and you know, like, okay, I'm super pissed. Like I'm going to blame it on this, that, and the other, but sometimes people react, like they get angry because there's a wound or there's something going on that's like underneath and you don't notice it. Cause it's just like, yo, I'm pissed about that. Like that person set me off. And it's like, you got to figure out what the trigger is so you can stop reacting in anger because every time there's something that remote, whether it's, you know, being offended or, you know, not feeling heard or you're afraid because sometimes people get scared and they just get angry because it's like, okay, I'm going to cover it up by being like, I'm super mad. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, you know, when you're mad, it's almost like you feel like stronger because it's like, okay, like everything's running. Like my blood is rushing, but it's like, in reality, like you're scared of something or feeling unheard or, you know, yeah feeling triggered in a way so it's like when you're looking at healing it's like always look 
like below the loud that's when you'll see like what's really there mm, I like that yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you might be like this too lately I've been feeling like I can spot those things with people very quickly like mm. oh that's a reaction possibly because of this or like just how you were saying how people maybe get really angry because there's a wound there. And I feel like I didn't used to notice that. And you'd just be like, what the hell? Why are you getting so pissed? You know? And now you're like, it's interesting when you can sort of be more of an observer and go, oh, there's something underneath there. And then you have more compassion for the person, you know? If you can move to the compassion, that's where like, you can actually like make the impacts and like make yeah. a difference. For sure. Even to be like, I'm holding space for you, even though you're friggin' pissed, like, whoa. Yeah. Like that's, that's a big thing. Yeah. Like if it's just not feeling seen or heard or whatever, it's like to be like, all right, I'm going to sit with you through this like volcano. Like, okay. Yeah. It's like, that's all they need. Mm-hmm. Well, or even recognizing emotions. Like I see that you're pissed and then they can be like, oh, I'm pissed. Like, okay, now I'm pissed because or whatever. And it's funny, like to get to that point, you have to, you have to work through that stuff yourself. <laughs> yeah. For me, I, 2020 was really hard for me in that respect. I did a lot, a lot, a lot of work on that kind of thing. Like the, just the, my reactions to things and how you were talking about, um, people being a mirror for you. Like, I feel like that is something that is, I'm still kind of learning, you know? Um, but this brings me to blame. What was that? Easy to cast blame, like the mirror, mm -hmm. like, you'd be like, wow, that person sucks because, but if you can stop and be like, because I do it, that's where it's like, oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> that's where you're going to catch it and be like, oh man. <laughs> so is this like, I'm curious, what does awakening mean to you or being awake? I feel like it was like what we were just talking about, like moving into becoming the witness as opposed to the reactor. Mm -hmm. Awareness, it's almost like being able to like read between the lines. Like, so what's really going on or, you know, depending mm -hmm. like there's like levels of it. So it's like being awake. It's like you can have awareness, but if you don't actually put it to any kind of use, it's like it doesn't do anything. Like, say, if you become aware of like how you're acting or reacting, it's like okay but if you don't do anything about it like okay next time I'm going to choose not to flip out or I'm going to choose not to like if you can put yourself back into the driver's seat as opposed to being in the passenger seat just being like wherever the road of life takes me and I'm just flipping out yeah like you know becoming awake it's like notice it's a lot of things it's like noticing like there are different ways because like again like prior to 2011 like that version of me was like hey life sucks and then you die like that's terrible <laughs> coming awake it was like okay there's other ways like it's not that bad you know mm -hmm. almost like moving out of being a victim you know it's like instead of saying like life happens to me it's like okay life happens for me yes I just thought that to myself yeah I was thinking about that yesterday because um oh I just I have a hard time when people get in the victim mode you know um, cause I, I don't know, I, I've been through a lot of stuff myself and I'm like, <laughs> I just like want to scoff. I sh and I'm such a jerk. I'm like, you should respect how you feel, <laughs> but I want to be like, what can you learn from it? 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> I want to say it was probably one of the last banks I worked at. And I, I was miserable. I was like, cause I was right at the cusp. It was like, okay, I'm in banking. Do I want to leave? Or am I going to just get another bank job? Like, what do I do? And of course I panicked. So it was like, oh my God, just give me another bank job. I know it. It's fine. Like whatever. And I got into it and I was like, oh man, like again. And then I was sitting, I was actually sitting on the floor behind the teller line. And I was like, why am I here? And I just happened to look up and I saw like the, the girl that was my then boss. And I was like, you know, I was like, she has a way of like describing like me to me that helps me improve. And I'm like, shit, like, cause she would like, you know, pull me aside and be like, Hey, you know, like I kind of noticed like you're just sitting there. Like I shouldn't really have to ask you to do stuff. Like you should take initiative. And I was like, shoot, that you're right. I don't take initiatives. Like I just, you know, I'm a generator. I just wait to respond. <laughs> but then I didn't know that I was just like, Oh, so it really set in me like, okay, where can I take initiatives? Like, where can I do stuff without being asked? Mm -hmm. So that was like a huge lesson, even though it was like, man, why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I here? Yeah. So it's like, if you can, like, even like, like I said, 2020, you know, my son and I were living with my mom, like two sardines. And it was like, why am I here? Why is like, this is so easy. Like, where is the house? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, okay. Like maybe I'm here to like heal like family stuff and whatever. And, you know, just be the witness, like witness my mother and how was my subconscious track created and yeah, like that. Do you feel like uh, it was healing being there for that long. I think so now. I mean, there's a lot of like scar tissue because we would sort of like yeah. bump holds. So it's like, I feel like on the other side, there's probably a lot of like more scar tissue. And I'm like, Ugh. and I actually like went to a new moon circle the other day and I got, they were like, oh, pull a card. I think it was actually Gabrielle Bernstein's deck. I should have brought the card out. And it was literally like, you know, how do you, how can you change how you see the situation and see the person with love? And I'm like, damn it. I don't do that with either parent. Like I'm so like hanging on to the past and the, you know, alleged awful things that they did and whatever. And it's like, yeah. you know, people too, like the, again, moving into that compassion piece to be like, okay, like I forgive you. Like, mm -hmm. let me be present and be like, okay, like you are like, again, like allowing people to show up as they are with just, being open with like full acceptance, like, okay, that's how you are. And you're never going to go change. That's okay. But I can change and I can, you know, manage. And it's almost like parenting. Like you said earlier, I was like parenting yourself, like parenting that inner child, like, Hey, I am an adult, you know, I've got you self, like <laughs> I can do whatever and, you know, hold you and be okay. And like, you know, and I, I bet that they probably have changed. Like if you really think hard about it, even maybe just in little ways, I'm sure they've been affected by you and the things that you've learned and taken for yourself. I mean, yeah. I, I see that with some of my family. Yeah. But it's you, like, even if it's not as much as I want it to be right <laughs> little things again full acceptance just accept as they show up but i i think what you're saying is it depends what lens you look at them through like if you yeah. keep it through the lens of hurt like oh my god you hurt me and there's a tendency you could do it again and it's like you know change the lens like how are you seeing them so i it's almost like shifting to the lens of love just being like okay yes. like send you love it's okay to have boundaries like and that helps you kind of to you. I feel like I'm finally getting it. This is wild. <laughs> oh, that's great. 
but it's like, uh, I was going to say also when you're switching that lens, like it helps you switch. Okay. Am I going to be in reaction lens or am I going to be in the responding lens? You know, yeah. like choosing, choosing action and choosing. Response. Yes. Cause like, it's so much easier to react. That's what's kind of hard is to like work through the triggers and then just choose to, to respond rather than react or just, you know, getting to the root of the trigger sometimes even is, is enough to, to do it. I find sometimes, but yeah, love, love is the answer. <laughs> it always is like that book, the return to love, right? I haven't read that. Oh, it's like, if we were conditioned, like away from it, it's like, how do we come back to it? Ah, see, that's another piece of why are we here is like to return to love. I was just going to say, we need that really, really bad right now. I feel like we're kind of living in a, well, actually, I'm not going to say we're living in a society that is missing that. I, I feel like sometimes I give my perception via like the media too much credit, you know, like if you think about how um, just the media portrays everything that's going on in the world you would think like tons of people hate each other. <laughs> and I, <laughs> and I, uh, I think that it may not be as bad as the media portrays. So <laughs> it's also, I mean, do you ever look into like managing energy and like how you show up and like, how are you feeling? Like, not really. like let's say, so example, like say if a person, you know, it, it's, not too confident, like doesn't feel so good. And you know, they're going to go to like an event or something or like a gathering. And it's like, oh my God, I'm less than like their mindset or their subconscious is like, I'm less than like, I'm not good enough. Like, yeah. not and they show up with that. That's their energy. Right. So as they go up to the other people, the other people will then treat them as less than because that's how their energy is coming across. Yeah. So if you can sort of like boost your energy and be like, Hey, I'm a good person. I'm loving. Like if you can show up with that loving energy, like your, re your actions and reactions, like from other people will actually change. Mm, that's such a good point. Cause that's how you're conducting yourself. Cause like your energy and how you conduct is exactly how people will then treat you. And if you go out, so everything is evidence-based, right? Because I'm law enforcement. I have to come in with this piece. If you have a belief, right? So say if you step outside right now and you're like, everybody hates each other. Mm -hmm. Then the evidence is that you will start to see people taking actions against each other that come across in a hateful way. Yeah. You say, yeah, it's then true. Yeah. So the media planted it and then you believed it. You went out and then you witnessed it. Yeah. So if you go out and you're like, everybody's loving and we're improving and we're getting better and we're healing, you know, the last year was challenging. It's hard, you know, let's be compassionate and understand that, you know, people are still scared or whatever, or they need their space, just whatever it is. If you go out with that, you're going to start to see like, you know, people in traffic giving way, you're going to see, you know, someone in line at the coffee shop paying for the next person behind them, like pay it forward. Like you'll start to see that because that's the evidence coming in based off of your beliefs. Hmm. So basically it's sort of the same thing as saying you create your own reality. Yes. Because or it's very, very evidence-based. Like say if, like, if I was coaching you and you're like, Hey, like, 
you know, I get nervous a lot, like with public speaking, like I'd be like, so think of a time that you had to do public speaking and it went really, really well. And you may be like, yeah, you know, when I was, you know, in high school, like I gave a speech at whatever, and it went super well. I'd be like, there's your evidence. So when you go out and you're like, I'm a bad public speaker, I want you to think about the evidence of when it went well and remember that, pull that energy in, and then you can actually do it because you've done it before. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. So always look for your evidence. Yeah. And the huh. evidence reflects your beliefs. So if you're like, oh yeah, everybody's terrible, then guess what? Nobody's giving away in traffic and it's just awful and you can't get the parking space and you're running late and you're whatever. And again, we have a choice. We choose what we believe. Right. Very That's much so. huge. Yeah. Cool. Well, I had so much fun talking with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And thank yeah. you to all the listeners out there. Is there anything I didn't ask you or anything else you wanted to share? Um, I don't think so. Just, um, just really, really grateful. And I think it was really, really fun. Like, I feel like my energy is like up. So I know like it was a good conversation. Yeah. Awesome. I get that feeling too. If you'd like to get updates about Beverly's life coaching, you can follow her at hummingbird underscore energy underscore healing on Instagram. And you can follow this podcast at light.alwayswins. Leave us a review and hit subscribe. Let us know what you think. And until next time, remember, light always wins.